Hello and welcome to the Pixel Pitch Podcast, where we pitch a game to the group that everyone has to play. I am your host, Al, and I am joined in studio by Kit and also Falana. Hey guys, how we doing? Hey. I'm doing good. Yeah, doing real good today. So Kit, um, you were tasked with picking a game uh, for us to play at the end of last episode. And what did you wind up deciding on? Because I know there was a bit of a debate going on in your head. Well, between the fact that Sonic Adventure uh, is going to kind of hit a lot of the same points as we did with Spyro, and we're going, we decided that we're going with American release dates and not Japanese release dates, I decided I'm going to go with Resident Evil 2 for this one. Nice, nice. Like, this is a, we we all need to have a, an episode where we talk about, you know, a, you know, these big franchises where, you know, death and destruction and pandemics happen. It's fine. That's this yeah. exactly what we're all in the mood for. Oh, yeah. It's just all <laughs> of the oofy, oofy stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're just coming out of this situation. No, no. Let's re-experience it through video games. I, I'm, I'm all here for it. Listen, I live in a city. Pandemic <laughs> happened. Raccoon City is a city. Pandemic <laughs> happened. <laughs> New York City might as well have been Raccoon City for a while there. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Thank God it didn't end the same way, but no spoilers. <laughs> All right. So what what uh knowledge do the both of you have going into Resident Evil, specifically Resident Evil 2? I have never played any Resident Evil at all. Uh, my main touchstone for Resident Evil content is the not very good Mila Jovovich movies. Okay. Which ones? <laughs> um, the first three, especially okay. that very first one that was very much the, we want to be the Matrix, please let us be the next Matrix movie. <laughs> The funny thing is, those first three, well, at least the first two, give you a better setup for the first two, three games than you might think. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, they're not they're not great. <laughs> they are great <laughs> for watching and getting a good laugh in. They are great for, like, drinking games. <laughs> but there, there was still an inkling of uh, having some of the lore. Yeah, because originally the first one did take place uh, in the timeline, right? But then they scrapped that, and it, that wasn't anymore. Yeah, uh, and a fun fact, uh, an earlier version of that film, what would have been that film, could have been a George Romero script. He personally wrote a Resident Evil script and was I, turned down. I am, I am so heartbroken by this because I genuinely want to know what he would have done with it. I mean, hopefully it wouldn't have just been like rehashing old ideas as that wasn't very Romero with zombies. Like say what you will about the, the blank of the dead films as they got older and older, but he did try very hard not to repeat himself. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I am so tantalized by the idea of that. Has any of it like leaked at all? Like yes, what it the was full scripts. The full oh scripts did leak at one point, and I mean there were some there were some oddities because I don't want to sit too long on this, but some oddities included the Redfield siblings being Native Americans, uh, be, or being from a Native American clan. Uh, uh -huh. They were going to go very far into the Linda plotline with Ada Wong, uh, and in general, it was going to be an interesting mix of elements from one and two. 
uh, a lot of the things that I really enjoy about both of the games that like never really came to fruition, uh, especially some elements that were in the scrapped kind of beta 1.5 version of Resi 2. So dude was just like, you know what? I'm into this thing that is influenced by me. Let me just fucking see what happens. And sadly, they just wouldn't pick it up. That's yeah. that, I, I'm, I'm very disappointed. But uh, as far as my experience with uh, RE2, I remember back when I was younger, like probably around the time when the game first came out, my sister's boyfriend had like a PlayStation, like a regular PlayStation at his house. And I, and that was like the new thing at the time. Like I had the N64 at home with my dad and like, what's this thing with disc based video games? Oh, I don't know. How does, how does this work? Uh, and we played a little bit of the, uh, like an NHL game, which was kind of fun, but the real thing was like he had Resident Evil and it was like, oh, can we like play a game with like, you know, with bad guys? You know, like cause in my head, I'm thinking like, you know, Mario, Sonic jumping or other things. And like, it's like, I mean, yeah, I guess we could play a little bit of this. And uh, he was showing me where he was in the game, which was at the police station. He was a little, little far along at that point, I guess. He was playing as Claire. Okay. And there weren't really a lot of enemies at that point. He just kind of killed like two zombies out in the thing and he was doing around exploring stuff. And I'm kind of like, oh, where's the bad guys though? Like, ah, let me just restart this from the beginning and we'll go from there. Cause there's a lot of zombies in the opening and you can, and you can watch that. Oh my God. Did like the opener of that, like with the zombie city and everything that, that going on and Claire running out to try and get like, you know, away. And then the guy at the, sh the, the guy at the gun shop eating it hard. That stuck with me for years afterwards. I was watching it and I wasn't scared at the time, but like that zombie apocalypse thing, because I didn't really, I knew what zombies were, but like zombie films I hadn't really been exposed to. And I, I wasn't aware of the big giant uh, zombie demic or zombie apocalypse stuff. I was only vaguely aware of them as bad guys or like, you know, thralls to like vampires or things like that. So this was huge for me as a child and just like that sticks so hard with you as a kid. It's this, it didn't become like a growing fear. Like I'm not afraid zombies are going to like all of a sudden like you know, rise from their grave and take over the earth or something like that. But it was the subject of nightmares or the subject of my imagination for, for so long afterwards and just, thinking about like what would happen if the world went up and there were undead and how would I handle this? And like, you know, this is a lot for an 11 to 12 year old. Uh yeah. For sure. <laughs> See, and I did, I had a kind of similar experience, not uh, cause I think we established last time I was five years old in 1998. Uh, my first experience with Resi two was a bit later. Uh, one of my cousins was playing it and was playing the Leon campaign and it was getting near the, uh, end of the police station before you get down into the sewers. And I was so enraptured by it uh, that he did end up doing the same kind of thing, restarted, played through that opening sequence. And that was one of those moments that solidified both my love for uh, horror games uh, and my love for zombie apocalypse situations. So I guess to get a little bit into the plot, the game has uh, what's called a zapping system. So that means that you swap between two characters over the course of your playthrough to get the full experience. Right. And they're, the things that happen in uh, the A scenario affects the B scenario. 
as well as the character you choose for the A scenario decides uh, one major plot point for the whole overarching plot that you do. Uh, so just a, a basic example is at one point in the A scenario, whichever character you're playing has the option of picking up a specific weapon and uh, an additional like bag, which means two extra item slots. And you can choose on your A character to take both of those things. They're not there for the B character. So cool little things like that. As far as the A and B scenario, you play as either, or you have the opportunity to play as Claire Redfield, 18-year-old college student, biker girl, badass, really cool. She has not heard from her brother, Chris Redfield, who is one of the characters from the first Resident Evil game in quite a while. So she's dropping by Raccoon City to see what happens, and it just happens to be an apocalypse. Uh, the other character you can play as is Leon S. Kennedy, rookie cop who slept through his alarm, showing up late, uh, first day on the job, and also, oh, zombie apocalypse. So you get to play as these two, and he's like 21 years old, so like a true rookie cop. So you get to play as these two kids getting thrown into this situation, and both of them kind of have the moral compass of, well, we're already here. It's already an apocalypse. Might as well see if we can find any survivors and get out of here. And that just, to me, just felt like such a cool concept when I was a kid. That like, you know, look at these cool, as far as me at like 10, 11 thought, look at these cool adults like going in, saving people, shooting zombies. Which is a bit of a departure from the first one. I, I should stress, actually, despite watching my uh, sister's boyfriend play this, I've never played Resident Evil 2. I've only ever played Resident Evil 4 one time in high school. I think that's my only exposure to the Resident Evil franchise. Yeah. Um, and Leon is very different in 4. Uh, from what <laughs> he I has his military yeah. training, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, it's... Uh, if I remember right... Re no, I'm lying. I've also played Resident Evil 1, the remake, the one that came out on the GameCube. Yes. I'm completely lying to your to your face, oh. audience. I apologize. <laughs> uh, there was that time I played the... the uh, like Because I remember... Because we were playing that... You were playing it that one time, and there was that creature. Yeah. I was like, where's that monster going to show up? And like then it just showed up. Yeah. Anyway. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I... Full disclosure to the audience, for the longest time, I played all of the games that had Leon and Ada in them, as well as Code Veronica. <laughs> so I played <laughs> 2, 4, 6, Code Veronica. Uh, I played bits of 5, but like I just I didn't enjoy it quite as much. I liked some of it, but I don't want to get into spoilers. And I yeah. kind of avoided one because I liked Jill, I liked Chris, but I thought it just wouldn't be the things that I enjoyed. So I did eventually play Remake, and it was great. But oh, that that is... Uh, I, I do think that's a good point to bring up because one and two were very different beasts in a lot of ways. In my opinion, I feel like one was very much survival horror in with an heavy emphasis on survival. Oh yeah, you were in a haunted house, absolutely. Yeah, and you were playing as characters who were this essentially like armed forces special tactics unit. But even them, even with all of that special training, there's only so much you can do when you're in a haunted house. Uh, whereas I do feel like two, while it is still survival horror, it feels so much more action to me, especially when you compare it against the other big survival horror of the time. It's major competitor, uh, pretty much in that in that time slot, Silent Hill. Silent Hill 
was in absolutely not the same kind of vein. So yeah, Falana. Now, so does Resident Evil 2 start getting into that? What I know about Resident Evil is that there's all these sorts of like puzzle locks, like to enter the pantry, you must answer these riddles three. That sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. So one, t- one and two for sure. Uh, I Three does also have puzzles, but starts to get more into the action side of things. Uh, but as far as puzzles and horror games, while Resident Evil does tend to be given credit for it, it they kind of start moving away from that and more into action fairly quickly. Whereas Silent Hill is a lot more, like Resident Evil feels a bit more like it's collect this piece, collect that piece, collect this one, put them together like a, a puzzle pieces. Whereas Silent Hill gets into the answer me these riddles three. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So why exactly are those two so evenly pitched against each other? I mean, sometimes I confuse the two. Probably Capcom versus Konami, I imagine. Yeah, part of it is Capcom versus Konami. Part of it was also that there were people that didn't really enjoy Resident Evil, didn't really enjoy or didn't want to like Resident Evil 2, thought that the graphics were clunky, the voice acting's bad, you know, it's too much action, why are you shooting guns? And then Silent Hill came out. Uh, Silent Hill was in the works the same time as Resident Evil 2. So people were kind of glomming onto it as like, no, this is going to be real horror. You know, you're playing as a dad, finding his child, like it's realistic. And then it also just kind of came down to the combat in Silent Hill is awful on purpose. This combat in Resident (laughs) Evil feels really good on purpose. Because in Resident Evil, you're playing as characters that even if they're rookies, they know how to handle a gun. In Silent Hill, you're just a dude that picked up a gun while you're trying to find your daughter who's lost in this town. And it always kind of amazed me that that continued on as the franchises continued. Because Resident Evil very much became, like, especially once you got to 4, it's an action game with some great horror elements. Whereas Silent Hill, for the first four well, the fourth game gets a bit more action-y, but for the first four games, it's psychological. And there, while there is action in it, it's the psychological effects of horror versus Resident Evil, where it's the kind of like movie horror, the jump scare horror. So essentially, it was just people, it, it's kind of like Sonic and Mario fans. Yeah, they're kind of similar enough that you can be like, oh, mascot games. But there isn't really a reason to argue like which one's better because they are different. Yeah, there's an extremely yeah. different style because it's Sonic is about memorization, I would argue. And like you're like the reward for playing Sonic is going through it as fast as you can because you'll have memorized at that point, like uh, where everything is and you can get through it in kind of one solid run. And Mario comes off a little bit more like this. Uh, everything kind of taken a little bit more slow uh, and tactile and uh, tactical. Yeah. And even like there, there is not to say that there isn't technical skill that goes along with a Sonic game, but like when you get into the speedrunning, speedrunning a Sonic game is very different than speedrunning a Mario game because of that kind of speed element of it and that memorization element of it. I mean, yeah, even if like even if theoretically Sonic doesn't move that fast, quote unquote, in the first one, or uh, like like it's it's still like yeah, you know, it's part of what makes him charming. But moving back to Let's keep on the game we were talking about. 
<laughs> it's a sequel. We've talked a little bit about the first one and how I've only ever played the remake. I've never played the original. I have the original. I haven't played it. But I am. you mentioned this a little bit or alluded to it a little bit that there was a 1.5 build of this game um, yes. that sort of almost happened and then they veered heavily off from. Yes. And so one thing that uh, occurred with this game, and I'm also very familiar with Resident Evil 4, is that Capcom was willing to, off the success of another game, kind of let the dev teams do what they wanted to a degree. So in this case, in the case of Resident Evil 4, which is something we can, I can hopefully get a chance to go into the 3.5 at some point, they scrapped three or four different versions of Resident Evil 4 before getting to the one that they had. So with Resident Evil 2, they did kind of the same thing where they scrapped one version uh, at like 60 to 80% completion. It was supposed to come out in 1997. It was getting close to completion. And uh, it it just kind of, the dev team was like, this is not going to be what we want. Shinji Mikami himself has come out and said, it felt boring. It felt lackluster. It was not the best we could do. So we just scrapped it and started over. Oh, wow. That that takes some guts. Yeah. And, I mean, it takes it's, it's incredible that Capcom was so proud of the success of the original Resident Evil that they were like, now we're going to let the dev team do that. Because that's a lot of time. That's a, at least a year. And, again, a game that was possibly 80% complete and you just throw it in the trash and start over. Yeah, I mean, that's that's money thrown in the trash. I mean, yeah. game development is not cheap. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, and a lot of money went into this game. I don't, off the top of my head, remember the, uh, how much the game itself was. But they spent $5 million on deve- on the advertisement alone. Whoa. Wow. And that that advertisement that was magazine spots, TV spots, and getting George Romero to do a like 20 second uh, trailer. And it's a cheesy live action trailer, but it's incredible. It's up there with like the original Resident Evil, like one opening cutscene. Listen, George, think- listen, listen. We'll let you we'll <laughs> let you do a commercial, but we can't let you yeah. do a movie. <laughs> Can't do the movie, but you can have a commercial for Resi 2. And he's just like, okay. Uh, And then another kind of oddity, this should just kind of prove that like Capcom really was like willing to put all their money in this basket. Uh, The game got ported a bunch of different times. Original release on the PlayStation. uh, It got a DualShock port uh, or I guess upgrade, which then kind of became the basis for the PC port which then was the basis for the Dreamcast port. And like in the Dreamcast version had, you know, a couple extra little flares, like the VMU, uh, you can use it to like track uh, your ammo, track your status. So it's like this cool little thing. GameCube port was just a straight port of the um, DualShock version, but with, with like game- Oh, sorry, graphics. I was say GameCube. I almost thought you said Game Boy. I'm yeah. like, what? Like, oh. no. no, 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 no. So there was a Game Boy version. It didn't get released, but that's that's a whole other can of worms. Got it. Got but it. the N sixty four also got a got a Resident Evil two release, which that alone had a uh, like porting development team of about twenty people and a budget of a million dollars just for oh one single port. Yeah, 
Wait, just for the port? Just for the port. They had a one million. They spent a million dollars to port Resident Evil 2 onto the N64 cartridge. So Capcom put their money where their mouth was when it came to this game. <laughs> I'm like, I'm really hyped about this. Like, like, all right, I say that. Like, I'm like, oh, guys, you've really sold me on this as if, like, you know, this isn't an award-winning franchise that's been on around for decades and Resident Evil 2 wasn't a banger that came out and, like, became a greatest hits. Like, no, obviously its reputation precedes it. Uh, like, you know, it's, it's Resident freaking Evil. For God's sakes, you know, like, like we, yeah. even the layman uh, gamer knows what a Resident Evil is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Wikipedia page does, in fact, list it as one of the best games of all time. <laughs> and you know it's real if it's on Wikipedia. It, yeah, yeah. on Wikipedia, it's gotta be true. <laughs> no one can know. edit that. <laughs> Rather, not just anyone can. And see, and I, I will say, as somebody who is a longtime, like, Resident Evil fan, a longtime Silent Hill fan... Um, while I have gone back and played OG Resident Evil, like the first one, I've played, uh, Remake, I've played the remakes of 2 and 3, I've played 2, 3, 4, and then 5 and 6, all within the last year. That was mm-hmm. one of my, one of my big things over quarantine was replaying the franchise from start to finish. Uh, I am one of those people that will say you can skip the original one, uh, because I do think... The age of it does show, uh, and it's worth, you have Remake, it's worth playing Remake, uh, because Remake takes all of those things, takes things from 2, takes upgrades from, like, even up through, like, things that ended up being, like, included in 4, because it came out a little bit before it. Like, it takes the first game and makes it very playable, and I think Remake is a classic that you can play anytime. It's going to hold up forever. I personally feel like while there is some 90s cheese to like the voice acting that Resident Evil uh, 2 holds up versus uh, to the modern day. I there's mean, no I, so there's no a Jill sandwich in uh, in RE2 <laughs> is what you're saying. I mean, there is, but in a way that's charming, the gameplay itself 100% holds up. It's comfortable to play. It's easy to get along with. And again, you can kind of feel it, it's kind of like going back and watching Evil Dead 2. Oh, okay. You, you oh, know yeah. what you're getting into. You know there's going to be that like 80s cheese, but it's still fun. And you Groovy. can suggest that to your friends and know that they're going to enjoy themselves, even if it's, you know, dated in the sense of clearly it's of the times. Mm-hmm. It still holds up. All right. I'm definitely ready to get on board with this and go crush some Resident Evil. Falana, I'm, I'm hoping I, you're on board too. I am intrigued. I, I don't play a lot of horror games because I usually get too spooked. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's I, legit. I'm in it. I'm in yeah. it. Good. I'm, I'm very excited, especially for you, Falana. Uh, if this is your first time touching one of the games, mm-hmm. uh, like specifically a Resident Evil game, I, I'm really looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Come, oh yeah, it sounds know. like the perfect entry point. Yes. It, it probably is, actually, yeah. Considering it's the progenitor of a lot of this. And the graphics are old enough to be creepy, but not new enough to like really carry a lot of that same weight as as a modern take might, if that makes any yeah. sense. Like it's a little bit more like cartoony deniability, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. Exactly. Like, you can, 
you can probably stomach it a little easier. I am I am kind of funny with that. Like I can watch the goriest horror movie, absolute jump scare fest, anything. But as soon as you have have to have like, oh gosh, I have to go in the spooky room. I get spooked. <laughs> oh no. Then actually I think one one more fun quick little thing uh to give you to again kind of start warming you up for it, Falana. Uh <laughs> the game being something that came out in nineteen ninety-eight, uh, even with each of the ports. It runs on tank controls, and one of the most iconic things for the franchise, for the first three games in the franchise, is that it has set cameras. So you don't control the camera at any point. The camera is set, like, in a corner, like it's a security camera, and that is the angle that you get to play the game. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So it, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how, uh, how you feel about that. With your oh, experience. I, uh, I, that, I, that feels like a setup for jump scares galore. <laughs> I'm not given anything. <laughs> I'm excited to return to tank controls because I haven't played a tank control game in a very long time. <laughs> yeah. Be polite to yourself. Be gentle because yep. yeah, oof, they take a bit to get back used to. But oh, I they still, definitely I, do. I still feel like it's easier for me to hop back in to tank controls when it comes to Resident Evil games, but I always play them on my Dreamcast, and I love tank controls on my Dreamcast. Whenever I have to go back to a Silent Hill game, though, and you throw that DualShock controller at me, I'm, I'm off my game. <laughs> well, I'm going to be playing on the GameCube, and I have a big old giant like, like pro controller D-pad thing that I'm going to be using uh, to try and uh, recreate what the feeling would be if I had a if I had a PlayStation controller, and uh, hopefully that works out well for me. Yeah, uh, Falana, what are you thinking? I just bought a copy of this on Steam sale, actually. So I'm gonna Ooh. be hooking up my Xbox controller to my computer, and we're gonna see how this goes. Ooh, I'm I'm definitely yeah, intrigued yeah. by the uh, PC port, or I guess the, is... the current Steam port. Yeah. This is definitely going to turn out way better than that time I tried to play Devil May Cry with a Guitar <laughs> Hero controller. <laughs> you Dude, what? the truest way. <laughs> it's it's uh, the truest way to play Devil May Cry, though. Uh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> all, right. all right, guys, we're going to take yeah. a short break, and we're all going to run through this game in the small amount of time it takes us to to leave you alone and come back to you. <laughs> so we'll catch you in a moment and we're back yes it only took us a literal minute to go and play resident evil 2 uh both scenarios uh, that's exactly what happened speed yep, running is that. getting to be so good yeah <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, we didn't go and play the remake. Let's make that clear. We didn't go off and decide to play the one that came out. I think it was not last year, but two years ago. Um, yeah. And it, which is a fine game in its own right, but not the game we wanted to play. Not like with Spyro, where it was pretty much just the same game, but graphic, uh, or graphics, rather. Uh, this Resident Evil 2, make, uh, or remake, or whatever it's called, remake 2. Uh, Resident Evil 2 make. Resident Evil 2 make. As the kids say. <laughs> Gotcha. It's 
Yeah, you got Remake, which is the GameCube, and then we released on everything Remake of 1, 2 Make, the Remake of 2, and 3 Make, the Remake of 3. Gotcha. All right, so 2 Make. We didn't go and play 2 Make. We played the original Resident Evil 2, and that's what we're talking about today. So, like, Kit, like, you're the one that suggested us. You're the one that brought us in to play, like, this classic horror game, like, revisiting it. What was that like? Like, did it hold up? Full disclosure, there was a period in my life right after I got my Dreamcast as an adult and I got this game. I literally, I, I did use to speedrun this game just for my own enjoyment. And there was a period of about two years where I played this game once a month, every oh, month wow. for two years. Because it just became like my, eh, I'm bored. I want to do something to kind of refocus my mind. Let me play Resi 2. So... <laughs> Yeah, just and one then, of those, like, let's be in the world for a bit sort of games. Yeah, because I needed a break uh, from Silent Hill 2 being that game for me. And I got my Dreamcast, I got a copy of Resident 2 for it, and I was like, let me just do this. And then I didn't touch it until over quarantine, and then again this past week. And it still holds up. It holds up so well for me, because it is one of those worlds that I love just kind of escaping into. So then what about you guys? Like, what what is your first experience with, you know, Raccoon City in this capacity been like? It, it really starts off kind of rough. I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> I, I died, like, maybe five times in the first three screens. Hey. It's just, I wasn't, I hadn't used tank controls in a long, long time. And, of course, they drop you right into a horde of zombies to yeah. really oh, get yeah. you in the zombie fleeing mood. Oh yeah. What about you, Al? How did that, how did those first few scenes until you get to Kendo, how did that go for you? All right. So that definitely, I, a very similar experience. Like as soon as I was dropped in, uh, I died and I was like, all right, a good thing I put this on easy, like, which is what's <laughs> uh -huh. really strange about it. Like I'll, I'll talk about this for a little bit, but like it was, I needed to play this on easy because the controls were just so hard to get used to. And what's really strange about all that is that like, it wasn't the fights themselves were not hard. I, I just, I was fighting the controls throughout most of the game. Again, this isn't to speak too ill of it or anything like that, but like that opener where you're in there and you die immediately because it's just so hard to move around and everything is trying to kill you that's just that's horrifying and extremely frustrating because i died and immediately was like oh no this is gonna be a long haul what did i get myself into this is probably not gonna be fun uh i i was i was sweating bullets for a hot second there <laughs> yeah yeah I, I had my poor character just like doing little spins trying to figure out how to point him in the right direction it was harsh this was not like with remake where you got that quick turn and that like right. I I did not realize how useful that was, how much you needed that, like yeah. with tank controls, because I just thought like, oh, it's whatever. I just won't be able to snap backwards immediately. Oh well. Like, oh no, not all well. No, that's nope. Th nope. that was very important. Uh, I yeah. I am not able to play this game. <laughs> Yeah. See, and I think that's one of the interesting things with it is that 
because I'm so used to it being that way, like when I get back into Resi 2, like I usually, it takes me that whole opening sequence to readjust to the controls and then I'm good. And a lot of it is just kind of the muscle memory because I've played it so much that uh, I had my girlfriend play it like literally two days ago so that I could firsthand see somebody who's not used to tank controls, who didn't grow up with them, who didn't grow up playing these games, what it's like to them. And I forgot that like that is probably the most dated thing about it. The fact that we're used to, at the bare minimum, having a quick turn when you have tank controls. Yeah. How big a difference that makes. But I think that's also why I suggested easy mode, because I feel like the game itself may not be that hard, but the controls, if you're not used to it, is where it gets you. Yep. It's so bizarre. Like, I didn't think I was going to need it that badly. But like, for those of you out there who don't know what tank controls are, let's we'll do a quick explanation, which is like, you're kind of like a tank. You can only move forward and backward and you turn left to right by pressing left and right. And then mm-hmm. move forward by pressing forward or back or move backward or pressing backward, uh, whatever direction you decide to point yourself at. So again, you're like a tank. Yeah. It, important to note that the directional controls are the direction which your character is facing. Yes. So if you want to yes. point right and your character is p- p- facing towards you, it's going to be really counterintuitive at first to try and yeah. figure out which direction you actually are pointing your character. Yeah, especially because of those set camera angles as well. Oh, yeah. So then how was how was that uh, in the game? Because, Falana, is this the first time you've played a game with set camera angles? Yeah, you know, I think it is. And uh, just like the tank controls, it was something to really have to get used to. But especially since with a lot of modern games, you can control the camera at all times. You know, you can look up, you can look down, however you want to do it. With this, it's more, uh, I actually really like it. It gives it a very like cinematic feel, you know, where the, the game makers themselves can really control how the game looks like at every angle, which yeah. I think is really interesting. And so what about you, Al? How do you feel that the cameras either increased or uh, stressed out your experience? Very few times that I feel the set camera stressed out my experience, except for like one or two very specific instances, uh, which I think we can talk about later when we get to like uh, the later parts or talk about sections of the game. The vast majority of it was fine. And I'm used to fixed camera stuff, like especially yeah. after playing Devil May Cry. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, a few other games like that. It's like, you know, like they're fine. It's not the the camera doesn't necessarily get in the way of most things. And it works because when you enter a room, you hear something bad before you see something bad. Yeah. And that's just really helps with uh, the ambiance. And also it's great because it frames the camera correctly for when something happens and you want the camera to be in the right place when something like really hits the fan and it's not a cutscene, you know? Uh, yeah. Every time Mr. X decided to just be like, bam, what's up, Kool-Aid man? Like, it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I am so happy I don't have control of the camera during this. Like, that happened twice. I was so <laughs> freaked out by it. Um, like, because he shows up in the, he, Kool-Aid man's in the room when you, when you're, when you, when you take the thing out of the wall 
in like the the the, the card playroom or whatever it is the 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 king the king queen jack thing and he yeah. like kool-aid mans through the wall and then he kool-aid mans through two more walls after that and it's like oh my god dude <laughs> <laughs> chill have some chill although i did have some like issues with it where i could hear the zombies coming so i'm just standing there at the corner of the room like okay i can hear you come at me bro come on I don't I don't want to have to change my camera angles again to get you. But it does kind of in a few instances, mostly because of the the stupidity of the zombie AIs, <laughs> you do kind of have to move in order to get yeah. them to start chasing you. Well, they're brain dead. It's it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the things that aren't zombies uh are usually able to prick up on you being there and uh, and an attempt to kill you with uh, most success. <laughs> okay. So then what did you think of? Because there's more to the game than just zombies. So what did you think of the monsters? Oh, I gotta say, I loved all of the dot designs for William Birkin as he gets more and more mutated. Yes. Oh my oh, god, yeah. they're so good. Uh, especially oh. the one you fight at the very end of Leon A, where it's just He's finally gone on all fours. He has this like sleek shark face and yes. just a giant gaping maw with just teeth sticking straight out. It's teeth uh, everywhere. Like the yes. scariest looking, you know, dog. Demogorgon eats your heart out, you know? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And he tries to like close his mouth, but he can't because it's just teeth. And whenever he, like, picks you up and gets you, he just shakes you around like a dog shaking a toy, you know? Yeah. And then just throws you back on the ground. (laughs) Yeah. And when he first comes in, it's like, he has this extra set of arms, and the extra set of arms is just big and wide, like, flesh wings. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. (laughs) I love him. He's a friend. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What What I love the most about it is just that you can see that that degradation um as he goes from one thing to the other because he starts off as just oh big guy with a pipe with a pipe he's just he's a super zombie with a pipe and he just morphs into something like less and less human but also uh, like it's very weird like i like the big dog that's made of teeth that's pretty cool but I'm so much more a fan of the thing with like the bunch of arms and cause it's, you can still sense like some intelligence behind him, even if it's not like, even if he's not even remotely the same guy anymore. Like there's the giant eye still on his shoulder, Oh yes. which yeah. like, I-, I love the multiple arm version of him. Like, and the transformation when he goes to like weird arm guy, where like you see the face just go to his chest and like a new head comes up. It's like, what yeah. is happening? Oh, yes. You just it's see like the, the vestiges of his old head just hanging there. Oh, yes. like you see the pieces of who he used to be getting completely taken over by what he's becoming. Yeah. And like, and it's weird because it comes back at the end. Like there's still that, that human part that like becomes very prominent in the last form. Like the, yeah. the 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 goop form, I guess. Oh, for his final form. Yeah, <laughs> it's, oh, it's this so isn't cool. Even my final also... form. And it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much, but also it kind of looks like a giant butthole. 
It does. Yeah. It looks it looks like just a maw of teeth. It's it, it's like it's a maw of teeth with tentacles and a human face. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which was so bizarre because it's like the face felt like it was going away more and more to like all of a sudden it comes back in in the uh, final form where like Birkin's just singular like face is sticking out there and it's just this maw of like just flesh and bone and like oh god. Flesh uh, and bone and tentacles yes. just trying yeah. to get you. One yep. last and it's just time. like a wave of mush and gore. Uh, <laughs> that's it. It's just a wave of mush and gore. Oh, God. Uh, but I will say, uh, other creatures that I did like, um, I always hate giant spiders, so seeing giant spiders <laughs> in the game was, was great. It's like, oh, no, my weakness. Giant spiders. Uh. I, I, I found that kind of silly. Like... It's all these creative, like, monsters and zombies and mutants and, oh, it's just a big spider. Oh, okay, yeah, that's I, nice. You only see them a couple of times. Like, I, I kind of like them because it's a good way to kind of break up the flesh monsters. It's just like, oh, God, thank God it's just a couple of spiders. <laughs> I mean, you know? they're, I mean, I get why you most people wouldn't find them scary. And especially if they're not that big a threatening an enemy. Like the, the biggest and baddest enemy is still probably the zombie dogs. Like those things are just oh, yeah. awful. Oh. They're they're just awful. Like and they oh God, I hate it. But um I don't know man. I was creeped out by giant spiders. I don't like <laughs> giant spiders, man. They're I don't know. I like the spiders are already really creepy and making them huge and like on my screen because when you walk into a room a lot of the time yeah. they look like they're just hanging out on your tv screen yeah and it's yeah. just like that's so unsettling to me i'm not into that I, it re <laughs> that really creeped me out like okay i can get why people are like it's a giant bug what's so weird about it like it's a giant bug okay it's a giant like insect thing that's gonna wrap you up in its webs and like suck out your fluids and it's gonna be really weird and like i'm just no and drip acid on you. Yeah. You know, oh yeah, and then they new. poison you, and it's pain mm -hmm. in the butt. Oh god! Like, I, it's <laughs> just no, not a good time. The cockroaches, though, were like the minorest yeah. of enemies. But and the crows. And the well, cr I hated the I put crows. Them in the same, they're in the, the same crows, category of annoying. No, the crows were the hardest ones for me. Like, yeah, they were the hardest the enemies edit. in the whole game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was the one end where I'm like, okay, nope, nope, nope. Just run through the hallway. Just run all the way through the hallway. Yeah, they're, all, they're only in that one hallway. But, like, by combination of so many of them and not getting used to the controls, they're just hard to maneuver around. It was just like, oh, man. I would always use a healing item whenever I went through that hallway, which was just kind of like, oh, God, really? Do I, do I need to? I guess I do. Yeah. Oh my god! Dang I feel like such a bad video game player every time I went through that room. <laughs> well, their their hitboxes are so small, though, and you yeah, have to aim upwards. Yeah, <sighs> and even then, it's it's a crapshoot whether or not you can. The best yeah. strategy really just is running through them and yep. then going in there as small an amount of time as possible. So, what were your thoughts on the liquor? Oh, I was just about to say, let's talk about the liquors. Yeah, um, I love liquors. They're probably my favorite monster. They're a really cool design. I don't think we needed super liquors. Um, I really dislike the darker colored ones. I know this is weird to say, like that was such a weird thing in the game because they looked so less threatening. And I get you had to do like a palette really? swap to to like show that they were stronger and badder. But like the red fleshy, I truly ripped off my human skin. There is nothing of me left. 
like felt yeah, I'm so just a much human more... inside out. Yeah, it was that's what it looked like. It was a human inside out. And that was so much creepier than like, oh, I'm like a gray bug person. Like, oh, all right. Well, whatever. I, I got sloth claw hands, you know? Yep. It, that's what they look like. They look like just dangerous sloths. They, and, well, they walk like sloths. That's exactly how sloths walk. Like when, they're, when they have to be on the ground. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's really creepy. I don't know. I liked the human inside out look way more than I liked the other one. Um, and just the tongue was so creep. Like, it was just so yeah. creep. The, great creature in there. Uh, definitely killed me the first time I, I encountered it in the Claire scenario. Because I played Claire first. We'll talk about this a little in a hot second. We're done talking yes. about creatures. But yeah. which, which order we played things in. Because uh, that does actually matter. But man, yeah, that killed me right quick. They set it up so nicely in that first hallway that you meet him, though. Yeah. Where it's like you walk up to the dead body and he's just decapitated cleanly. And it's like, oh, something's going to happen in this hallway. A question. When uh, each of you, before going in that hallway, when you walk up to the window and go to the door, a liquor crawls yes. across the window. Did either of you see that? Yeah. No. Oh, it was so <sighs> creepy and good. I totally missed that. Is that is that in the Claire scenario as well as the Leon one? Uh, I believe so, because the liquor spawns in a hallway off of the, like, you go through the double door room, right? Yeah. And then you go into the hallway, right? Yep. And then there's a liquor in that hallway, right? Yeah, I didn't yeah, yeah. think yeah. I noticed it. The, I will tell you another time a liquor got me was when I was Leon, and it just jumps in through the, the, through the top window. Yes! And, yeah. And it's just kind of like, oh, what? I'm here. I'm like, oh, I wasn't prepared. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's like on that on that interrogation room table, you go to grab like an item and then boom, he's there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Liquors are great jump scare material. Yeah. They really I'm trying to think what the other like big creatures that we could talk about here are because there's a. Uh, uh, let's talk about the lamest one. At least in my opinion, what was the lamest monster in the whole game and sh didn't really qualify as much of a boss fight uh, is the giant moth. Big moth. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, See, but it's, right. it's, it's a so secret bad. battle. Yeah. Even, yeah, when I was doing my replay of it, I remembered it being, like, so big and, like, epic, but then I hit it with a couple of uh, flame grenades and I was like, oh, shit, that was it? That, oh, okay. Yeah, it dies. It dies right yeah. quick. Yeah. Like, I was... just yeah. a big moth. Yeah, yeah and that I'll agree is just a giant insect and is just, yeah, all right, what was scary about this? Yeah. No, I felt kind of bad <laughs> killing it. It was just hanging out with its pupa. It's like, oh, I'm it's sorry, like, little guy. It wasn't bothering anybody. This is, yeah. this is on me. This is on yeah. me. I shouldn't yeah. have done this. Yeah. Just a little yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. guy. I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, all right, so we've covered super liquors. We covered the, the giant moth, which I, yeah, I feel bad for killing, really. Because we didn't have to. It was an optional boss. But I, we, I, I was exploring. We're going through every room. And there he is. And he dies to two flame grenades, like, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then I guess the only monster really left to talk about uh, are the ivies. You only really see them, like, four times. Like, you see four ivies max. Yeah, there's the plant monsters. Yeah. Which I will give credit to the remake. Definitely They're plays a more pr prominent and frightening role in that game than they do in this one, where they just kind of say, boo, I'm I'm a reference to uh, Little Shop of Horrors, what's going on. And then, yeah. 
And that's yeah. kind of about it. What's annoying about them though is if you don't kill them with flame stuff, they'll attack you after they're dead. Like, and yeah. I'm like, it's really annoying. And like, oh, I hate you guys. No, it's yeah. very rude. Like you step over them and they just whack you. Like, oh, excuse me, I and killed when you're you already. Out of flame stuff, and you know they're gonna do it, and it's just like yeah. oh, I gotta walk over there though. Oh, f it. Yeah, <laughs> so you can't really do anything about it. You gotta, you gotta yeah. hold on to those flame grenades or the flamethrower yeah. or the flamethrower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which I accidentally spent all of. Like, I was killing the larva <laughs> oh, outside no. the moth room, and oh, I was no. like, "Oh man, when are they gonna stop?" Oh, they're not. They're not. <laughs> they're not going to. I wasted all of this for no reason. <laughs> God. See, but that's how they get you. Yeah, it yeah. absolutely is. Oh my God. Uh, but let's talk about some of the. There's some. There's some of the bosses left as far as creatures go. Uh, yeah, because there is Mister X in general. There is Mr. X uh, in general. Um, I want to save him for last because I, I want to go on a little bit of a tangent about him when we... Okay. okay. Like, so, but like, there's some other bosses. Uh, let's talk about the the alligator or the crocodile. Oh, oh yes! I love that part! Oh, you, get to, yeah. you have to do a Jaws! Yep. Yep. Smile, you son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> for See, anyone love- who hasn't played the game, you, you have to... Get the get the giant alligator from the sewers to follow you. Put a gas canister in its mouth and then shoot the gas canister. The same way the shark tries and draws. Yep. Yeah. You know so what would that, have really made me happy is if this giant alligator had nothing to do with any of this. Like he was just a big giant <laughs> alligator chilling in the swamp in the, yeah. the sewers that just happened to be there today. And, you know, we just come in and it's like, what are you doing? I'm a giant alligator. I'm not infected with anything. I'm just a big alligator. Yeah, he's a big guy. Yeah, he. we don't know what Raccoon City's, you know, sewers are like. He could have just been a big guy. Yeah, he yeah. could have just, you know. Yep. I mean, he was going to eat you either way. But yeah. <laughs> that's my T-virus, head T-virus like, or not, yeah. he was going to eat you. Yep. That's my headcanon, and this guy was unrelated to the incidents going on. He was just a giant alligator <laughs> yeah. that just was hanging in the sewers. Yeah. <laughs> it was a great cinematic fight, like, really. Oh, uh, yeah. That that worked. I, like, even if it's just very short, and he's down for the count in a shot, it's a, it's a hell of a shot. Yeah, and I feel like that's one of those moments that definitely has the big, like, American blockbuster action movie feel to yep, it. Yep, absolutely. I loved it. I, I, it was one of my favorite parts in the game. It's not like with the moth where you show up and he's dent, he's down in two. This guy's down in one and he's way more memorable. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially if it takes you a couple times to realize that, oh, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to make him blow up with a gas canister. Yeah. And he just chases you down and just rolls you, you know? Oh God. Yeah. It's, it's really, really satisfying. Um, then we have the, the, like what is it like a mutant baby like the the weird thing that comes out of irons yeah alien style yeah, Ooh, yeah. like whatever whatever that is because uh, we talked a little bit about birkin and like we'll get into like maybe some how the birkin birkin fights are a little bit later i didn't realize that that the the creature at the end of resi one was like a reference to whatever this thing was because uh, it yeah. looked kind of similar to that, I wasn't aware. But no, it it is essentially just a big messed up uh, showcasing of Birkin can go. He can implant embryos in people, create new monsters. 
here is one of those messed up monsters. And this is this is the ultimate weapons that the G virus can make. The ultimate bio weapon. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. But it's it's so creepy. Like it was because this was my first this was the first boss that I that I fought because yeah. uh, you go through the vast majority of well, at least the A scenario. I don't know if it's true for both A scenarios, but Claire A, the vast majority of that game, you are just in the police station with the zombies and a boss doesn't show up till like you're over halfway through. Yeah, that was the weird thing about playing through the game was the bosses were like one right after the other uh, after having done nothing but just be in in the police station for a vast majority of the game. Yeah. But that creature's so weird. Again, it looks like a, a mutant baby and it spawns other mutant babies that like attach themselves to you. That was the creepiest one. Like Birkin looks cool. He's horrifying, but he's cool. There's a part of you that's like, oh man, yeah, infect me with the G virus. I want to have like six arms and like teeth and mouths on my, in places I don't know. Yeah. I'm an edgelord, literally. Yeah. Anyway. Eyes everywhere, just everywhere. Give me one on the shoulder, my back everywhere. Yep. Well, this thing is like, oh, I don't want to be that. That looks weird. <laughs> yeah. But that's more likely, you know, what will probably at least come out of you. Yeah. Just having a whole uh, bunch of evil babies. Mm-hmm. A whole bunch of evil babies. <laughs> <laughs> but while we're while we're on the subject of irons and stuff, uh, one complaint I will have about Two Make versus the original man, irons hits the crazy way better in this one than he does in the remake like i think i think annette also hits the crazy a lot more in oh yeah like immediately than remake they change her character entirely for two make though yeah they they clean her up a lot but man it's i i her irons honestly most of the secondary characters i really enjoy the only exception being Marvin. I like Marvin more in Two Make, but just because we get to see more of him, because I love him. Marvin is the gun shop guy? No, Marvin is the police officer that you run into. Oh, yeah, you get a lot more of him in Two Make. Like, he gets, like, a couple lines. In, yeah. Uh... <laughs> oh. <laughs> Looks like... like your party has been canceled. <laughs> Good shit. <laughs> I felt so uh, sad seeing like Leon's little welcome party desk. Yeah, they got, they got the like two liter uh, sodas and little party hats, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that was so sad. I was I was playing that, and Nate was in the uh, was in the room when I was playing through it. I was playing as Leon at the time, and I'm like, oh man, this is really sad. Like Leon's walking through what was supposed to be his party right now, <laughs> and it's like, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh well, I mean. It's it's still a party, just not the one you thought. <laughs> like, oh. And uh, did you guys catch that they misspelled his name? Yeah. No. Oh no. <laughs> oh. A little bit of the English for you. Yeah. But it's okay. And they actually they do reference that in two make. Not to keep bringing two make up, but they actually no. they have the second L is just laying on the desk like it fell off the sign. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. <sighs> but I. I I will say though, like I go like just to because back to my original point, yeah. Irons is creepy in this. He is mm-hmm. like when you meet him and the body's on the desk, you are questioning, are you okay? Like because he's crazy, but he's not so crazy to the point of like maybe he wasn't always this. 
you know, the madness of a zombie apocalypse can affect people differently. And he looks like he's mourning someone's death. He's just doing it in a really weird kind of way. Uh, yeah. But he actually the, has two- like the my favorite line in the game of. And to think taxidermy used to be my hobby. Yeah. When, when he said that, I'm like, oh no, oh no, this is going to be a most dangerous game thing. He's going to hunt me for sport. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. But it's, no. uh, it's it, in to make, he very much is, I am telling you I'm crazy. Like, that's, oh, he's not like subtle about it. He's very overt. He's explaining to the audience he's crazy. And at that point, like, you've lost me. Because it's crazy people don't have to tell you they're crazy. They just are crazy. And that's what's so cool about the performance in this game as opposed to Tumek. Is it's like even when he's threatening you towards before his boss fight. It's it's a point where he's revealed like that's not his crazy bits. That's his like I'm going to survive and F you and you know all you people that screwed me over kind of thing. Like yeah. His crazy I'm bits everyone out and, with me. Yeah, 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 exactly. You ruined my city. Now we'll all die. Yeah, it makes it so much more of a satisfying anticlimax when the thing just bursts out of him and runs off. And it's like, oh, okay, never mind. I guess yeah. that sorted itself yep. out. Well, in two make, it's not an anticlimax as much of a, as much as comeuppance, which is fine and satisfying in its own way. But the whole like, oh my god, he's going to be a monster. This monster will be more. Th- oh, never mind. He's 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 dead. Oh, okay, that. That was fun. Because <laughs> <laughs> there is still kind of a satisfaction that like, yeah, Jesus, at least he's dead. Yeah, because yeah. there's something to that. It's very like it's it's that uh, anybody can die kind of thing. Even like yeah. the really like crazy guy with, with the revolver. Um, even he can kick it. Yeah, <laughs> he's not immune. Yeah. Oh, God. And the whole atmosphere is really, really great. Like you start out in that a big apocalyptic thing with like fire and running from the zombies and going into the bus. And like, I want to tell you, I was having some flashbacks from when I was like a kid for like a hot second. And I thought like, I thought I'd get way more of that experience out of it that I'd, I'd all, this would be my moment of like facing my childhood fears um, (laughs) from this game that traumatized me as, as a young, as a young lad. None of that. I just, oh man, we're starting. As soon as I touched the tank controls, like all of that went away. <laughs> and I was <laughs> frustrated with moving the character. <laughs> and it, it was so cool getting the first set piece because I played Claire first. And we can, and I actually yeah. do want to talk about each of us playing scenarios differently. Yeah. As soon as yeah. I'm finished with talking about this scene, because like Claire's first big thing is talking to the gun shop owner whose name mm-hmm. escapes me. Kendo. But I have such a different memory of that guy dying than what I experienced when I played it. When I played it, I remember being so scared and so shook by that guy just eating it as the zombies come in through the window. This playthrough, he come, I come in and he's like, "Oh, hey, darling, oh, I'll protect you." I'm like, "Oh, all right," and then he stands by the window like an idiot, and I'm like. Yeah, you deserve this. <laughs> yeah. And see, now on that front, uh, so there are certain things that are different between the two scenarios. And I think that's a great one to start on because when Leon steps through that door, he's like, hey, who are you? Oh, I thought you were one of those zombies. But with Claire, it's, hey, darling, I didn't mean to pun it. You know, point my gun at you. How are you doing, sweetheart? And it's like so '90s sexist, like yes. <laughs> uh, 
He's it, just like, laying uh, on the charm he thinks he has as thick as he can do it. And yep, Claire is yep. like, I did not learn how to ride a bike at 16, at level 12, for this to be happening. I know more <laughs> about guns than you do, sir. My brother is Chris Redfield. Yep. <laughs> Man. Oh. Uh, but so, I guess on, uh, I think you both played it uh, the two separate ways. Al, you played Claire A, Leon B, right? Yes, I did. And then Falana, you did Leon A, Claire B. Yeah, I had initially planned to play Claire A, Leon B, but when I started up the game, I'm like, oh, disc one. That that means you do it first, right? Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right? No. I'm like, yeah, yeah, pro gamer moves. Uh, disc one means first one. Yeah. But one thing I will say, so as far as story-wise goes, uh, Claire A, Leon B is considered to be the stronger story, but most gamers back in the day uh, typically played Leon A, Claire B for that exact reason. Leon is disc one, so that means it goes first, right? Yep. <laughs> uh, and so the way the A, B, and then the Cleon, uh, the Leon, Claire stuff goes, Leon has his own plot points, you know, with Ada and all of their running around. Claire has her plot points with Sherry and that running around. So there is slight variation between those being the A and the B, but the plot line is basically the same. And then the A scenario has certain things uh, such as getting to go to Kendo's, Burke and Boss battles, whereas the B scenario has Mr. X and is overall kind of condensed. Things are kind of like shifted around and you do kind of blow through it a lot faster. So that's so some of the things like Falana, as you describe them, I'm sure Al's going to be like, wait a second, that happened in Claire. And yeah. then Al, as you describe things from like your Claire, Falana, you're going to be like, oh, wait, that happened to Leon. And that's totally possible. Yeah, I'm, I'm so sad that because I played Leon B, I didn't get to hear the your party's canceled line because I was yeah. so prepping for it. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm so hyped for this. Yeah. Like, tell me my party's canceled. And it's like, oh, that yeah. didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, because by the time Leon gets to him, he's already dead because Claire got there first. There's some interesting things about having the two scenarios play at once. But there are some weird inconsistencies yeah. between them. Like there's some continuities and there's some other continuities that don't fit. Like who who does it? Who who does Claire always blow it up, or is that only Leon that blows it up? Blows up the wall next to the helicopter. That's always Claire. Uh oh, because geez. that's that's part of the Claire storyline. Got it. Okay, so that's why mm -hmm. there's very specific things that only yeah. uh go from uh from one to the other. Because there's things I did in A that I did have to do again in B. Uh did that happen with you as well, Falana? Yeah, where it's like yeah. some of the puzzles are reset. And I I went through a scenario B like, hmm, which gremlins are resetting all these puzzles in the background? Like Yeah, when, yeah, how did they why is this all of a sudden in, in this box? Didn't I get this other thing in this box? Did someone grab the crank and then put it where I got a first aid spray before? Conversely, <laughs> I expected some of it to have like much less like continuity than it actually did so you know that one part where you go up to the like a weapons box and you have to choose you know you get a bigger gun and you get a storage upgrade and one of them says oh you know i should save this for for the for the other one and i'm like oh i don't i don't need to i'll just take both 
Oh no! Saved it. No, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Whoops. See, and I mean, and I think that's one of those things. Like one of one of my biggest griefs with to make is that without because Falana, you still haven't played it. I don't want to give away too much. I feel I I wish that they would have ironed out some of that A B like repetition stuff. Uh, Cause there is still some repetition and I'm like, I don't, I, you shouldn't have to be doing the exact same puzzle as both characters. Cause that just doesn't make sense. No, it but doesn't. that is part of the video game thing, you know? Yeah. There's only so much they can do. Cause then it's like, how do you map out having the A person solve this puzzle, but the B person, it has to be locked for them. Yeah. You can't have that B person just, you know, blow through the entire building. Cause everything's unlocked already. Yeah. Wouldn't be very fun. No, it would definitely uh, take away some of the enjoyment. But I think that's why it's great that they do have those very solid plot points. And then for the replayability, when you, whichever character you get the B, like as your B side, you get a condensed version of their plot. So that is uh, motivation for you to play the game the other way, because then you get the full plot with that character. That is so fascinating to me because I just assumed you would still get like the whole plot. You They would just cut out the fat for lack of a better term. Like my question is, is Mr. X always in the B scenario or, or is he always yes. in Leon scenario? He's always in the B scenario. Really? Because I associate him yeah. so hard with Leon. Like really? he's ingrained in my mind as just part of Leon's story that I just assumed he was always part of it. Nope. Uh, which is really fascinating because I always associate Mr. X with Claire because I always typically played Leon A, Claire B. So I would always be fighting Mr. X as Claire. That's oh, crazy. that's interesting. Yeah. But, so why why did you always do Leon A? Uh, because Ada Wong. And also <laughs> I, do, I do like Leon a lot. Um, and so it just kind of was the way that I always played the game. And so I was much more familiar with Leon as the A scenario and Claire as the B scenario. So while I like the story, like if I want to replay the game and enjoy the story, I'll play Claire A, Leon B. But if I'm just speeding through it, enjoying it, getting to laugh at, you know, some dialogue as I do it, Leon A, Claire B is just, that's like my speed running norm. Yeah, I got you. There's some fun stuff about like just that whole idea of like you not only play the game twice you can play it four times yeah there's two scenarios and then two different combinations of those scenarios it's not set in stone which way it goes that's so inventive it really is i i think that even even to make does it as well to an extent if i remember correctly but like that was not something you commonly had in video games at the time no yeah and it's like that's really really something to just be able to be like, because I'm tempted very much so. I'm not going to, but I'm very tempted <laughs> to just pick it up and play and go, let's do Leon A, Claire B now, because yeah. I'm, just, I'm curious what Claire's situation with Mr. X is going to be. It's so like dense and detailed. Like I, I actually yeah. peeked at the walkthrough to like, just see how far along I was and gauge my progress. And the walkthroughs are so dense. It's all all yeah. of these like if this then this sort of layered options. It's just so a, interesting. I had such a weird walkthrough that I grabbed uh, partway through the play that was I think the guy was like trying to remember it all like from memory, like not while he was playing the game. Oh, no. <laughs> there were tons of details that he got wrong 
that like this is not huh. from the Claire A. This is from Leon B. Like I like I didn't know that at the time, but he says, and then you'll find this here. I'm like, I'm not finding that here. I don't know why you would... <laughs> so it made it a very interesting playthrough because like I still had to figure out a lot on my own, but I had like the general beats of where to go. They were just in terrible detail on this game facts thing. And it wasn't like I could go and pick up a different one because I was already through this guy's process of playing the game. I had to like figure it out on my own and be like, eh, F it. I'll I don't know. I'm not gonna look it up. I'm just gonna, you know putts around until I find what I'm, what I'm looking for. The The most aggravating thing was when he said like, and then you find the heart key next to the, the cop's body. Sir, there's not a heart key here. There's like a, a detonator. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess I'm going to figure out what I'm doing with this. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Man, which that definitely, I, I'm curious about like what plate, uh, what, which one you ended up using. And I wonder like, is that some odd... Like, were you accidentally looking at, like, an arranged copy? Because there is, in addition to the regular way you can play the game, there are also the arranged versions, which shifts around where items are. Oh, I don't think I was, but maybe... Yeah. Like, because I do have that. Uh, full disclosure on this as well. Uh, we'll talk about uh, a couple things differently as, as, we, as we go on. But I was playing the Game Boy... Not the Game Boy. <laughs> the GameCube <laughs> port of Resident Evil 2. So... Yeah. I didn't have nearly the amount of s slowdown that uh, the original PS1 release would have had. I, I did encounter other problems, though. Uh, so I hope I didn't accidentally hit arrange mode and like have my items in different places. But arrange mode is on there. But okay. I did run into the problem of playing a standard, de standard definition console on an HDTV, which is a problem I ran into when playing Kingdom Hearts, is that the brightness is going to be awful. Like, the gamma's just off. But to an extent, that made it creepier, and it was kind of fun, and I still was able to get through it. Uh, it was just a little darker than what it normally would have been. But I will say, the speed uh, on the GameCube is so, so good. It's just buttery smooth. Like, going from uh, one door to the next was just the cutscene of the door, and I was there, and it was like, I... I was was very pleasant experience. <laughs> Man, I wish that was me. Every time I opened a door, my Dreamcast did the wah, 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 because oh, I had no. to load the, the scene. Uh, but I mean, hey, that's that's the true 1998 experience, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it led to some interesting times for me, though, where I played it on my PC, and the loading times weren't bad, but every time there was, like, a door loading screen, I would, like, look away. You know, I'd, I'd get bored and just do something else. Once it loaded up again, there would be a couple times where, oh, oh no, I come back to it. I'm, I'm being attacked. Like, in <laughs> oh, the immediate no. jump stare there. Oh no, I am dead. Oh no. <laughs> oh. No. oh. Yeah, I, I thank God for the for the port that I do have of this because it runs really good. It looks really good. Um, it's not it smooths out a lot of the polygons and doesn't try to make them look like what they're not. Like which is what's kind of really appealing about this and what's kind of what's cool about the horror of this game is the not quite human aspect of everything that's going on in it. The way everything looks just a little off, but. Oh, God, it was. I really like that about it. Like, I think the graphics hold up because they work with the horror that's in place. You know, very much I, so. And I gotta say, I some of these designs for like the backgrounds too were really interesting. Yes, do you guys remember media. that one? Yeah. Uh, that one spot in the secret lab where you're going up this tall ladder, and on the other side of the screen is just this giant mass of like vines. 
and yes. it just looks like it looks like HR Giger and Georgia O'Keefe collaborated on this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just so gnarly and cool. Oh yeah. god, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. The lab section in total is visually a treat. Like going into the cool room, uh the giant generator in the middle of the thing, um in the middle of the the the, the whatever that is. You know, the, all the lab parts, all of the like the, all the plants overgrowing stuff, all the different experimentations and stuff. Everything is such a visual feast when you yeah. get there. It's it's a great change of pace from everything else in the game. Because uh, I the sewers are are probably the weakest part, I guess. They're not that long. They're not that tedious, but there's just not a lot to to get on while you're there. The police station is yeah. a haunted house. Like it's I didn't expect that out of the game, oddly enough. And it's it's gorgeous. Every room <laughs> you're in is so atmospheric. It's so fun. Yeah. The yeah. fan room. The fan room. Just that big giant fan in the in the middle of the room, just like going over the camera. It just it immediately sets off your anxiety in this weird way that like I yeah. can't quantify or or exactly talk about. I, man, it's just it's really, really really good i loved being in the police station i didn't want to leave not because i yeah. uh, but oh man there was this great part when i was in claire a i walked into the library and then all of a sudden um it was round two of the zombies i guess and all of them started crawling through the windows yes. Yes. they had that cutscene, and i immediately was like oh god oh i guess i'm gonna deal with this and then i had to leave and i was like oh all right <laughs> like never mind i got to ignore all of that <laughs> yeah. it's not my problem not yeah. yet <laughs> I, i'm immediately done and leaving bye guys um but leon b i don't know like i feel like that happened twice where i was like i went in the library and then they were like i'm like oh my god guys i still have so much more to go through i don't want to deal with all of you but f it i guess i have to and then i think it happened a third time like if memory serves and then i was immediately disappointed and like oh no why zambies there's so many oh god <laughs> But there's so much cool stuff about like this is a all right I I I I don't want to talk too much about this I'm, I'm going to talk about like how much I love the guns and everything else like that but I'll, I'll pause for a hot second on that yeah so what it uh in in line with uh not really wanting to leave the police station because you get so used to it how does the music factor into that how did it factor in for you guys because part of why I love the police station is the music across the board the library that front hall theme. I could just stay there forever. It's like when you first start exploring the town with Maria and Silent Hill 2, it's that condensed moment. I love it. The music, the everything. I absolutely agree with you 100% on that one. The music was a big reason because it played into that atmosphere so well. It was just genuinely, it set the mood every time I walked into a room. Like I talked about the fan room and everything else like that, but it's all about like the, there would be like those subtle up tempos every once in a while like i i would feel like a surprise or like like or something is going to be coming by or it, it there was like that weird sudden change of the music that always felt like i had just opened a chest even though that did that wasn't what was happening oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it it worked so well that no other like level for lack of a better term really worked as well as that station did yeah. It really hit perfectly with the atmosphere. The music played such a big part of that. And the music of the save room was so nice too. Like immediately yeah. when you get to that door and you hear that sound, it's like, ah, all right, I'm good. And it's yeah. it's kind of interesting where 
at first the music feeds into the creepiness of it, but I found that after a while, it just got kind of cozy. Like, especially on Scenario B, it's like, oh, I'm back home in the police station. 100%. Yeah, so cozy. Yeah. I, I mentioned this in pre-production, but Claire took me the better part of a week to get through. And when I played Leon B, I, I it was a day because I knew the police station inside and out at that point. I knew where everything was. I knew how to get there. I had mapped that in my mind already because I'd spent so much time there. And I was spending even more time there again. And it just was so much simpler to navigate. It's fun going through a haunted house. It really is. Um, and I didn't expect the game to be that. For whatever reason, in my head, I associate Resident Evil 2 so much more with that opening section. The big zombie apocalypse is hitting. Run, run. Oh God, everything's dying. I'm going to die. Everything sucks. Then I do the follow-up of Resident Evil 1 that is the haunted house. We have a haunted house. Again, it's just a different haunted house. And yeah. That works so well, and it's just so much more satisfying. I say that, but like, it was a more satisfying experience than I thought, uh, being that it was something different than I, than I at first assumed was going to be the experience. I'm I'm glad we have that opener. I'm glad we have that big set piece with the booming music, and then everything's like, and then you and everyone you know is dead, and then immediately, all right, we're gonna pump the brakes pretty hard, and. Yeah where everything's going to kind of quiet down until we get to the literal action packed ending. Because by the time you get to the lab, it's an action movie. You're armed to the teeth with like, mm -hmm. uh, this is my stupid thing with Claire was I was still using my handgun as my handgun at that point when clearly I should have just upgraded to using the bow gun as my handgun. At, by the time I'm in the lab, I just mowing down people with that instead of still trying to use my handgun. Yeah. yeah. That was, that's actually like, though. yeah, that's my, my favorite part about this game is like the power creep where it's mm -hmm. okay. You start out completely defenseless. You're struggling with the tank controls and you're getting mobbed by zombies. But by the time you get to that B scenario, it's like, Oh, and I know how to do this. I, I feel powerful. I feel good. Mm -hmm. Like after a while you get all your big guns and it's like, yeah, I can just plow through everything. That's one of my favorite elements when it comes to Resident Evil games is most of that, most of the really good ones have that arc of you start off feeling weak and hopeless and then you kind of start finding your footing, but you're still struggling. And then by the end of it, even though the monsters are harder, you're getting to the big bad like uh, boss battle rush and you should feel like really kind of overwhelmed you're like nah i got this you know you feel so empowered that like nah this isn't going to be a struggle i'm going to make it out of here alive claire's going to be all right leon's going to be okay we're going to go it worked anyway because <laughs> <laughs> like and i mean and I, I, I i totally agree because when i was leon and in leon b i was just going in with the shotgun into every room and just mowing these guys down because it just was like, it was so much like as in the, in scenario a I'm tentative, I'm going around. I've got like trying to like get through the creatures or sneak around it. And like, by the time, yeah, when you know what's going on, it's just like, I'm imagining Leon just ubu soft boy in his way through like with a pump action shotgun, just like, mowing <laughs> through guys. just like, Hey, simping ain't easy. And just like, Hey girl, mm -hmm. it's how you doing? You need you need me to go get you something like maybe a, a cold water. I'll be right back. 
No, and listen, and just real quick on on the simpin, because see, because Claire's storyline is, you know, I gotta protect this little girl, get her out, get her out of here. Leon's storyline is, well, she's real pretty, but she has a boyfriend, so I'm gonna respectfully help her get her boyfriend. Wait, he's dead? You mean you're single? <laughs> that's it. That's the game. <laughs> and meanwhile, but as you find out, like she doesn't just really care. So it's like, like Leon's just in this weird moment of like, I don't know. I, I'm catching feels for the spy. I guess I don't know. I, I, I don't know and how to work she, through this. And she caught feels so hard, she faked her death for six years. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> But she didn't really, though, because she throws him the rocket launcher at the end and is like, yo! Yeah. Well, you can see that in that boss battle for Falana, you, as you saw at the very, very end, you got Ada dropping that for Claire. And then Claire goes, who are you? Who's that woman? (laughs) It was the funniest thing. That voice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, speaking of that boss battle, though. All right, yes. I gotta I'm, let's let's touch a little bit on Mr. X because we said we were gonna save him a little bit for later. But I love him to death. I think he's great. I think he's a great addition to this game. When you play the B scenario, you're not expecting it. It's a really cool thing when you see him just airdrop in and be like literally an X factor. Um, I love him being in the game, a constant presence that like not so much as he is in two make. As weird as this sounds, Mr. X is far more the nemesis from 3-Make than he is X from 2-Make. I think they kind of reverse yeah. around how both of these creatures feel in the remakes of their games. Yeah, I, I um, 100% agree with that. Yeah, definitely. Because this guy kind of shows up uh, at scripted moments, fight him, and then like run away. And it was kind of only one time was it ever like, oh my god, this is too much. It was in that, that card room I was talking about before. Where it's yeah. literally three times of, all right, good thing. We got him. He's down. Go to the next room. No, fam. And then like, okay, oh, we got him. He's down. No, fam, again. And it's just like, yeah. oh, my God, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, ev- like Jesus. <laughs> 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 I just, I love that. I'm gonna, I don't use TikTok. I'm about to use TikTok. Just oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna make that mean for you, Al. <laughs> no fam again, anyway. Jesus, like, Falana, what was when you were dealing with Mr. X? Like, did you feel like very oppressed by him or was it pretty much just, ah, I walked in the next room, it was all right? Oh, that that very last confrontation with Mr. X was was kind of frustrating. Oh, God. I'll be honest with yeah. you guys. No, that final boss battle, yeah, even even I was annoyed. Yeah. It's like, you you can't, like, just fight him. It, it doesn't matter. You can throw a bunch of grenades at him, whatever. And, you know, by the end of it, you're like, oh, well, I have all of these grenades. I saved them up, surely. No. You have to run around in circles around the stupid arena, getting hit by him, until you can finally get the rocket launcher that gets him. And there's no easy way to dodge those attacks and the camera angle. Like, it's cinematic because you're literally watching him walk into frame, and I get it. You really wanted that shot. I get it. But... It's it's hard. He's in front, and I can't see my character. I can't see where he's trying to run to. So it's just this frustrating thing of, like, I can't dodge these attacks. You literally just need to load up with healing weapons 
uh, not healing weapons, yeah. with healing salves and just kind of tank your way through the boss fight. And this is me being stupid because uh, I did that for the Mr. X fight and didn't realize I was going to need guns for the Birkin fight afterwards. Ooh. Yeah. And see, that's why Falana did get a little bit of cheating because I was like, I asked her, like, do you want a hint? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, make sure you have something. When you think you have the last boss battle, make sure you've got something left over. <laughs> yeah. Because like, I, did... yeah. I walked out and I was like, I was nervous because I was unprepared for the super zombies that were there. Because I'm like, oh yeah. man, I gotta have the submachine gun. And I just mowed those guys down. And like, that was pretty cool. Good job, game. I, I wasn't expecting that. And I expected I was going to be able to hit back at the save room before the Birkin fight. You and I'm like, oh no, think. all right. No, yeah. I'm not. No, this is this is a genuine surprise. I, I am yeah. vastly ill-equipped for this. But... That's like a brilliant <laughs> fake out though, where it's like, it lets yeah. you go down that way towards the safe spot. You're like, oh great, I can grab all my weapons. I can grab healing items. It'll be great. Nope. Boom. Yep. Birkin just destroys your safe you. room and yeah. like well I best hope that the limited amount of ammunition that I have is enough to kill this guy. Yeah just throw everything you got at him if you got anything. Yeah yeah, if you had anything left. Yeah. It's, it's semi easy to end up accidentally soft locking yourself uh, but one thing I, I don't know if either of you noticed this it, instead of going up the stairs like right next to the train uh, if you go, or even out the gate, if you go up a little bit, there is another box tucked away off of the train. So you can theoretically, after the boss battle, if you have enough time, hit a box and then go. Yeah. Uh, I got not so really stressed about out. That. Yeah. Oh man, though, no. like that was that was still nerve wracking because I didn't expect it, and I probably should have. Mm -hmm. the The final Birkin battle is cool in its own way, but it's also not as cool as the other Birkin fights were. Um, yeah, I, I hate to say it, but B scenario Birkin fights are—I mean, I are not the best Birkin fights, um, because you get a repeat of kind of what one of the ones you have in A. The first one with the pipe, which is just kind of funny. Um, yeah, because it's just kind of like, oh, it's it's a super zombie with a pipe. Yeah. That, that's cool. It's just a guy. Uh, yeah, it's just a guy <laughs> just with a pipe. A guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I hit him with a shotgun enough times he falls over. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you don't really see him again until the elevator fight, which is kind of a repeat of a fight you already had, which I do like. I do like that fight. Uh, but the the big goop monster, I I like it as a concept, but there's so limited ways to have a goop fight. Like, I, I can't imagine a really action-packed way of fighting a gelatinous cube, and <laughs> he's kind of the same thing. Yeah. No, yeah, he's just a wall of meat slowly coming towards you. So but it's you just like, shoot eh. and like yeah, you, you just know, shoot like, him. Yeah, and it just he doesn't hit you that easily. Like after the after the X fight, it's like it's a cakewalk. Um, the X fight, like just, again, I will say I was looking so forward to this, which is why it was so heartbreaking for me because I yeah. really liked him throughout the game and having him shed the coat. I'm actually a tyrant. BT Dubs. I was like, oh snap found a way for one in the game guys and i was like so into it and then oh all right well now this is miserable because i can't actually fight i'd have to run away and just take hits and heal myself because there's no way yeah. to avoid these attacks yeah 
and I agree because I I very much have always been the same way with Mr. X. And that is one thing I will say that I feel to make perfectly captured was the frustration of that battle. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's fine <laughs> when you're on like easy or when you're in normal mode, but especially when you're doing hardcore runs and you're speed running, that's like you get two saves max if you're going for that S plus, you know, ranking. And the worst part of that run, the part of the run you're going to do over and over and over again is that Mr. X boss battle for that reason. Yeah. So, which is a shame because again, he's such a cool monster, so much fun, regardless of the original, the remake. But then you get that final battle and it's like, nah, just fucking turn the game off, go touch grass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right quit for a little bit. For such a game that had like such high notes, like it, it does end on a bit of a whimper. Uh, not to crap too much on the Birkin fight because the Birkin fight is a fine final boss. It's big, it's intimidating. I wasn't prepared for it, and it works for what it is. But yeah. following up after the uh, after the Mister X fight, like it leaves such an odd taste in your mouth that is immediately cured because you get that final cutscene that is so dumb and amazing. Yeah. Where uh, oh, yeah. they're, they're walking into the sunlight and like, we've got to go. Wait, where are we going? Like, we've got to go stop Umbrella. Like, what? <laughs> you get that funky, like, guitar at the end of it. Oh, Yo. oh gosh. That ending so, theme. It's so, just... like, Americana, action movie. You know, I love it. <laughs> it's just like... Like, that was the moment I immediately was like, this isn't a bathtub. I'm like, yes, that is the same <laughs> Oh, my God. Full on, I'm going to send you that meme afterwards. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. This isn't a beach. This is a bathtub. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Because Leon, throughout the entirety of the game, absolutely came off to me as a guy who maybe sort of thought he was an action mo- in an action movie, kind of maybe thought he was the protagonist, wasn't yeah. really sure about it, was just trying to do the good guy thing. As like, well, I'm a police officer and I got to protect you. And he wasn't like, he wasn't overbearing about it. It wasn't like he said, like, hey, yeah. I got to protect you. Yeah, yeah. He was just like, hey, listen, that's my job. I'm here to help you out. And I'm like... I, that's what I'm here to do. I'm going to make sure you're okay. Like, cause yeah. simping ain't easy. Like I said, um, yeah, simping ain't easy. Yep. But when he gets that, when he has those two lines, the one line of it worked like in the, in the middle of the tram car, like, yes, <laughs> yes. Leon, thank you for that. Like, absolutely. And Claire's just telling him, Leon, shut up. Like, I'm like, yes, yep. thank you, Claire. Leon, I appreciate please you. Stop. <laughs> but, to, but to be fair, Chris is absolutely that same kind of like a Amer- like cop, or he became a cop, he became a military man because he wanted to be the action hero. Yeah. So you know she's heard that shit her whole life. Yep. <laughs> so and that's actually, actually something... So when Leon shows up at the end and does that line, like, we're going to go stop Umbrella, walk into sunset. All right. And we cut credits because there's no way after that there was not an embarrassing, like, who are you talking to? <laughs> what was that for? Claire, this guy's creeping me out. Like... <laughs> <laughs> that's something i actually love about claire where she just seems like she's just nodding and saying yes to leon like oh okay that, that's fine Man, meanwhile that actually... she's out there blowing shit up and just having a grand old time 
See, that's one of my favorite things with Leon's story is when he's radioing Claire, he's like, Claire, hey, this is what's going on. And she's like, "Mm mm-hmm, turns off. And with Ada, it's the constant, Ada, wait. Ada, wait. I I didn't get that feeling at all with that. I just got that Leon was a man who was constantly being told what to do by the women in his life. Like anytime he contacted Claire, she had a new thing for him to do. (laughs) And just was Uh, like, you got to take care of this. Like, okay. And like, (laughs) Oh, that's right. That is the difference. Cause in a, when you do Leon, a Claire B Leon's doing the stuff and then informing Claire about it. And she's just kind of like, uh huh, I'm busy right now. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> so then I guess, yeah, you get the inverse where you are Claire being like, hey, Leon, I did this thing. And he's like, oh my God, thank you, Queen. Simply <laughs> easy. But no, I'm, I'm, exactly I appreciate it, you. <laughs> uh, well, I, oh, I forgot. And, yeah. And the yeah. weird thing is, like, she tells him, all right, I'm going to go get the, I'm going to go do this thing and, like, get the girl and, like, you go find a way out. And then Claire's the one that finds a way out anyway. And Leon's just like, I mean, to be fair, Leon is doing a lot of things, and he has to deal with other with Mister X. And in my scenario, anyway, that's what he's doing, yeah. and it's just hysterical. Where it's like, you go, you go find a way out. Never mind, I got it, Leon. I guess you did. <laughs> I guess I didn't need you for that. It's okay, Leon. Keep simping over girls over there. It's okay. Yeah, it, I get it's it. Fine. I get it. <laughs> I, I'm busy. I'm busy gathering the plastic explosives right now, Leon. We're not shit talking it because we like we dislike him or that he's like he's ridi- like he's ridiculous. But in the same way, all of the characters are ridiculous. We went over this. The- yeah, yes. We love him very much, and we love him in four. He's fantastic, great character, yeah. uh, just great ubu soft boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but also but goofy. You know, we can we can point out when something's a little goofy. In a yeah, exactly. Way. Like there's yeah. tons of goofy stuff in here. Like ultimate bio weapon is just stupid yeah <laughs> uh, when irons is like screaming about this for no reason like you had nothing to do with it you were a police chief that covered up terrible crimes like i'm yeah. i'm glad you ha- feel so responsible for this but you did nothing <laughs> yeah <laughs> i helped develop and like no you didn't shut up <laughs> i didn't develop shit <laughs> you developed a toxic working environment that's what you developed <laughs> exactly because i was reading the secretary diary sir <laughs> i know oof uh-huh. HR is going to get contacted about this. <laughs> no, Chris contacted HR. HR. He did contact did he? HR. Did he really? That That's uh, the, the report that you find in the star's office as Claire. Yes, that's right. That's uh, Chris essentially was like, hey, investigate Irons. And that was the report that came back from it. It's like, hey, well, this guy's actually pretty shady. He shouldn't be in this position. Like, oh, I'm glad, glad you decided to send this over long past it became relevant, but okay. Yeah, in the middle of a zombie apocalypse, that was an interesting choice. I mean, to be fair, I'm sure they didn't know, but... Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. Like, you're in the middle of the haunted house, and you just get a fax. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, government bureaucracy at its best. <laughs> Hey, we're in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. That's great. So anyway, we've been dealing with these HR complaints you sent in. Like, (laughs) (laughs) well, hold on. We have to clear up this first. Yeah. This is more important, sir. Sir. (laughs) We deal with issues as they come in. (laughs) Oh, man. But that's what that was what was great. It, It added to the atmosphere, as we talked about, to the haunted house where it was like it was it was a living, breathing character like the police station absolutely was seeing all the bits and pieces to some of the characters seeing what was probably Jill's or Chris's desk 
Um, the star's yeah. office was pretty nice. Yeah. I, Very, I can't, I know. can't stress enough how much I loved the, uh, the overall experience of the game. And let's touch a little bit since we didn't, we talked about pieces and stuff to this, but like, let's touch a little bit about the plot and how we feel about it. Like I, personally, yeah. it definitely feels like a vehicle for the story to ha- a vehicle for the game to happen. It's fine. It, it works for what it does. It's got, it's what introduces a lot of cheesy, awesome Americana in a Japanese game. And I love that about it because it feels so much, it feels like boiled down Americana because when it's not coming, when it's coming secondhand like this, it feels really, really good. Um, yeah. It's a different yeah. way of looking at it. But the plot is pretty much comes down to, and correct me if I'm wrong, Birkin is mad, Birkin angry, Birkin revenge. Uh, yeah. It kind of feels First like that's about right. Yeah. Birkin smash. Yeah. <laughs> essentially. Right. It, it comes down to Umbrella wanted to fuck him over. He was too invested in he he was trying to play Umbrella. Wesker ended up playing him. Yeah. And then bullshit happened because of that. That is that is all it really comes down to. It's as simple as personal greed and corporate greed getting in yep. the way. Oh God, like that, that is absolutely perfect for it. Cause it is everyone. The reason why everything goes wrong and continues to go wrong is because somewhere in this, there is a person who is greedy and mm-hmm. either looked the other way or was too focused on something else to notice what was going wrong because of greed or, you know, desire yeah. for more. Yeah. Yeah. Very true to life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's uh, it's actually very true to what's what happened with us like last year. Like so much of what could oh, have yeah. gone right was eliminated due to personal or corporate greed. It's very strange how even going back as far as 1998, artists and their product was trying to tell us not to do this behavior and the ramifications of it. And ah, oh, man, did we did no one listen to that? Like, All yeah. right. Good job, everybody. <laughs> Man, and that's uh, not to get too much into the modern political stuff, uh, or not political, pop culture stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, even the most recent Resident Evil thing that came out, the new animated series on Netflix, uh, even oh. that still goes back to the same base concept uh, with some interesting twists to it in the sense of characters and their alliances. And it is like it is an unfortunate constant as far as a theming in Resident Evil. But it's one of those things where clearly we as a society are not learning from it. There's always going to be somebody greedy. I mean, they, they can stop using those themes when we stop falling victim to it. That's true. Yeah. The, the truest horror is a horror that you don't learn from. And, yep. it's so, and it's very interesting because like, I like that they, they sort of stumbled into what if zombie through science and because – in the first game, it, it very much could have just been a, oh, man, there's a haunted house. Who knows? Uh, and they, they made it a twist and kind of like, and behold, science gone mad. Um, but they yeah. <laughs> refined it and and perfected it to the point of like, well, how does science go mad? Well, science goes mad because, you know, somewhere along the line, someone wanted to do something and didn't care about what the repercussions were of it as long as they could do it or make the money that they wanted to, or like, you know, it's like, it is, it is stereotypical and probably not true that such terrible things happen in the name of the ultimate bio weapon. Like I doubt that is on anyone's drawing board anywhere in (laughs) any government besides like maybe some really crazy ones, but horror and the things that go wrong 
Um, I can absolutely imagine that they've latched onto the idea that it happens through apathy and through, uh, you know, the, the willingness of others to, uh, sacrifice lives for personal gain and not even necessarily personal gain, just the, the desire for more, the, it's it's stereotypical to say a dollar, but nobody gained anything out of this. Birkin didn't like become a notable scientist because of the stuff he did. He just wanted more of what he could have. And even to say that that's money isn't necessarily true. Birkin just wanted more. He wanted more recognition. He wanted more of umbrella. He wanted more and more and more of something until like, and it's, so it's not, it's very in theme, I guess, that he just becomes this giant mouth um, to just yeah, consume just devouring. Everything. Yeah. Yep. Although actually uh, coming from a science background, Birkin kind of follows. Wanted that sweet, sweet grant money. The The board wasn't going to do it. No. They were going to take take all of his work he was like no you know what i'm just gonna jam this thing that i was working on into myself and consequences be damned yeah, yeah. <laughs> it either goes super well and i get a nobel or i just die what could possibly go wrong <laughs> oh man i i, I, I hate say... that i hate that for science but yeah, i just need to check <laughs> out yeah i have to say i really do like the annette Birkin story from to make than this one in this one she's sort of just in awe of what her husband's become and then just kind of dies unceremoniously for no real reason um yeah. it's her she shoots at leon in, in this i and or at ada there's like some confrontation there but like for being a very over-the-top character like this is my husband's legacy. Like, all right, girl, calm. Uh, yeah. You can take a couple of breaths. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And she goes up to you and says, like, oh, you killed my husband. I'm like, no. No, he injected no, 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 himself no. with a mutagen. Your husband yeah. was dead when the Umbrella operatives bust in and fired on him with automatic weapons. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of I have, have little to, to do, do with, with that with my two by four. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think I really understood her character. She was just sort of mad. I, yeah, she's not written very yeah. well. Again, I I love the uh, the attempt to make her more substantial and make sense in the remake, where she's trying to stop her husband. She's like, "Oh no, okay, uh, you know." William's got William's taken his revenge. I approved of that. Now it's time to stop. And I can't stop him by getting through to him because the mutagen and all this other stuff in that one. Birkin doesn't feel as much like a force of nature that is coming for everyone in raccoon city. Uh, he feel, yeah. he does feel like the big bad science monster in, in to make, uh, which is not bad for the game that that is. It works perfectly. Uh, mm -hmm. He feels like an unstoppable force in this game. And it's just like, cause he keeps changing and changing weirder and different. And each time, so it feels like he is the embodiment of this hatred unleashed, like that, you know, he, he cannot be contained. Unlike with irons who just shat out a mutant baby. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, all right, I guess that's yeah. a thing. Yeah. Like Birkin is, yeah, Birkin is insane. And, and like, it's just unstoppable. So I would have so much rather had 
the Annette character from that game in this one. Cause like to, cause there's so much more weight to, I have created this unstoppable force. I've created this thing. I have helped contribute to this thing that cannot be stopped as opposed to, I got to stop my Frankenstein monster. Like it's, it's, it's a big monster <laughs> yeah. doing big monster stuff. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta put that down. Like, no big monster though. It's like like yeah, cool. We've we fought an, like because X overshadows Birkin so hard in that game. Um, yeah, he does. He is the unstoppable he force, really but he's he symbolizes a very different unstoppable force. And the yeah. like, I and you can you can get away with no. I have to protect my Uwu Frankenstein monster a little bit more in that game. So if I could switch the Annettes from and put one into one and one in the other. Oh man, if I could, because there's so much more pathos when you create the unstoppable force, when the, this thing that no one can, can stop, no one can kill. It is changing and growing and becoming stronger and deadlier with each passing hour. It is filled with rage. It was born out of betrayal. It is this thing that cannot be stopped as opposed to, uh, uh, what have I wrought? (laughs) (laughs) Look at its face. I am stricken by it. Uh. We were working to create bioweapons. Birkin gets hit with some goo in in two make and just kind of goes down for the count for a hot minute and then kills her. In this one, she's like, it's, uh, man, I don't know. It's, I like her characterization better in that, but like, uh, like this is problematic, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. But I do think, I think in a way that that's one of those things where we had to sit on the narrative and sit on uh, the themes as the franchise evolved to go back to a place of, okay, let's expand a little bit more and have it not be everybody that's part of the corporation is evil, you know, which kind of did the theme anybody connected to like a position of power or something had something dark going on with them yeah umbrella was literally the faceless cabinet that ruled the world from the shadows even though it didn't technically until much later in the series like umbrella was just a corrupt company in yeah uh, Yeah. as far as i could tell in this one and that's fine and there are good and bad people in in companies there are good and bad people now and uh birkin i think like you can have in the same way that you can feel sympathetic to uh, some characters in or some villains in stories, like uh, not to do too much of a comparison, like let's go to Thanos in like Infinity War Endgame. Like you kind of get where he's coming from, even if you obviously know everything he's doing is wrong. Like yeah. it's it's this it's same sort of principle applies. Like I, I understand Birkin's frustration. I see where he's coming from. And I, I wished him blood and bloody and glorious vengeance as well. But when you start injecting your daughter with like terrible monster serum, it's like, okay, buddy may have gone too far. <laughs> See, now yeah. that to, yeah, but also to kind of come back around Falana, that's the plot line that you missed by doing oh. Leon A. Claire B. Oh, really? You completely have that whole thing. Falana did not see in its entirety. Does he inject somebody different in the, in the other no. one? Or does it not even happen? No. It just doesn't even happen. That's crazy. No, yeah, Sherry yeah. just has the pendant with with the serum in it. That and, oh wow! Yeah. Like in in the way I played it, uh, 
Ada picks it up and just has it. And that's why X yeah. is chasing Ada down because uh, Sherry drops it and Ada's holding on to it. And yeah. there's that whole thing. Like, well, wait a minute. What about it worked? Does that is that even in your cutscene? Because they're, they they have to inject her with the with the vaccine. Or yeah, the, no, uh, that's not in it. Oh, my God. Because you have the crazy. whole because actually, Falana, there's a whole room in uh, the underground lab that you were able to go into and you could get items in. But it's the vaccine creation room and nowhere in your playthrough did you do anything there. Oh, you know, I was actually kind of curious about that room where it's it's yeah. a, like a big room. And mm-hmm. when you go up to the machines, it's like, it's for making vaccines. Yep. And, and it's and a you huge room. Do you don't anything. do anything in it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, in, in Leon A, Claire B, they completely dropped the Sherry getting infected plotline, which that's the reason that uh, Claire A, Leon B is canon because Sherry shows up again in a later game and she does have uh, powers because essentially she is, she's biologic genetically altered because of uh, her being infected as a child. Oh, so okay. thus, thus Claire A Leon B has to be Canon. Yeah. And oh, that's I, interesting. I love, yeah. I love that plot. I really do. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad I played it this way because I, I felt such a connection uh, while Claire was playing that, like I'm goofing on Leon throughout most of his playthrough, but Claire going through her story and giving such a crud about Sherry and giving her the jacket. And like, I was, I was so invested in that relationship. I was so yeah. invested in like, girl, you got to save her. Uh, because I, fe- it felt like they were building such a genuine bond. Like it mattered to me. I was worried about her. Yeah. I cared about her. I was like, I don't want bad things to happen to Sherry. Sherry's like a really, really like, you know, heartfelt little girl that didn't get to have a childhood because her parents are actual monsters. Um, even though they didn't actually do anything terrible to her, they like, you know, they didn't raise her or they weren't parents to her. Yeah. So this biker chick who just shows into town is going to be her mom. 18 for years now. old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, but see, but the thing is also with that, you know, just, just real quick simping for the Redfield siblings, the fact that like, you know, from a young age, Chris raised Claire and then Claire at 18 immediately is putting that back in the world. Like I'm finding this little girl who is down and out. I'm going to give her the, you know, the torn off sleeve jacket that I got from my brother, you know, yep. to, to let her Aww. feel comforted. Like, oh, I love the Redfield siblings good stuff i love i love claire as a character and code veronica is also incredible but almost everything else she shows up in afterwards i hate capcom for it because they just downplay how incredible and strong a woman she is oh also netflix show (laughs) (laughs) no it's (laughs) the worst part of it is the way that they treat claire Oh no! And I'm just gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> oh, oh, that's disappointing. That sounds like such a bummer because she's such a like action girl in this. Yeah. You know, she gets the bigger guns. She gets to blow stuff up. Oh, yeah, and yeah. She's, she's just doing all the things. She is the hardcore. Like, I mean, I could see why so many people had like crushes on her as teenagers because she shows in with the biker shorts and the big guns and the ponytail. And it's like, yeah, I, I would fall for this. If I was a teenage boy, <laughs> I 100% would be crushing on Claire Redfield pretty hard right now. Were I not yeah. traumatized as a young child watching zombies eat people at an age <laughs> I was not appropriate to watch zombies eat people, I probably would have noticed the really cool, like hot chicken pink. 
Yeah. Alas, you know, it was just not meant to be. It was not. Meant to be. <laughs> no. Instead, I was I was focused on that familial relationship she built up with her companion, and that was that was really satisfying for me. I was definitely very much in that like, oh no, I want to put that back in the world kind of thing. When I was done with it, I, for whatever reason, I all of a sudden felt like, no, I want to help somebody Aww. like deal with okay. their not homes they don't have. I want Claire's right, you know. God, family, like suddenly all those Dom memes are actually make sense to me. Like Fast and the Furious as a genre is just valid family, yeah. guys. And now it's all about family. Yeah. Heart of the cards, you know, power of friendship. Cool. But yeah. family, found yeah. family. And then immediately I went into shotgun simping and it was like, all right, never mind. This is fun too. Uh- <laughs> and I, I wonder if in a way there was something intentional about Leon A. Claire B. Being the way it was, like hoping that people would play that first. Because I feel like, especially now, Falana, having heard that there's, you know, a whole other plot line that you didn't see because of, you know, that being part of Claire A. If nothing else, I, I'm sure you want to go watch somebody play Claire A. Uh, if not, just pick it up and, you know, try it yourself. Yeah. Well, I still have the the Resident Evil 2 remake. And I played, yeah. like, the first, like, ten minutes of it. And I started it with Claire. Okay. So does it, in the remake, does it still have that aspect to it? Essentially, and this is this is all I will say because I don't want to spoil too much for you because I'm I'm excited to hear your thoughts after you get uh-huh. to play the remake. They essentially took the main uh, like Leon A's big plot thing with Ada and uh, Claire A's big plot thing with Sherry and had those be the big plot points for Leon and Claire's stories. Oh, um, so the zapping system is a little bit different in that the A campaign is longer, um, it's more fleshed out. Uh, the B campaign is almost kind of like a speed run version of the person's main story. Uh, okay. but So they don't cut out the main plot line, though. So you're not going to have to worry about if you did do Leon A, Claire B again, you wouldn't have once again missed the uh, Sherry getting infected storyline. Yeah. That happens no matter what. And there's oh, okay. also a lot less of overlapping stuff between um, the two that we had in this game. In, in, in two yeah. make, there's a lot. There's... One notorious scene, if you play, I think, Leon A, Claire B, that will repeat, and that's the Sherry Goop scene. Not the Sherry Goop scene, the, the Annette Goop scene, where, like, she'll shoot her husband with yeah. Goop. Um, that'll happen twice in one scenario combination and once in a different scenario combination. There was, like, a weird yeah. hiccup where they... They did that by accident a couple of times. Uh, that that was that was the only overlap. They they cleaned the hell out of it. I think for to make there's no more of that. Why did this item get here? As far uh, for that as far as I remember going through on to make anyway. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I do. I think uh, I think you're in for an absolute treat. And I think getting to go from playing the original game right into the remake and getting to see the things that they thought you know. Let's keep that. Things they thought we could have done it better. You know, what can we look at from the original and do better this time around? I'm really excited to hear, like on a personal level, what your thoughts are, Uh, because it is they are clear. They're the same basic story, but that, you know, 20 years difference makes a difference. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. My question actually is, did I miss anything? from my playthrough was there a big plot point that i didn't get like i know i missed out on i'm sorry your party is canceled and that's tragic for me because i was still (laughs) looking forward to it 
but like was um, there anything else that uh i just didn't get i think the the ada see the thing is with ada there isn't a i'm trying to remember because again i don't typically play it that way yeah, yeah but gotcha. ada it's stuff with ada there's nothing that is so incredibly different i don't think um, you pretty much get a bit more of Ada, Ada manipulating Leon and just kind of like playing heavy into the like, you know, oh, I'm here trying to find, you know, Ben and find out about my boyfriend and then finding out her boyfriend is dead. But, you know, she was just playing him. And then you get a different uh, confrontation scene where you Ada pulls a gun on you, much like remake, uh, like to make. Ada pulls a gun on you and is like, don't make me shoot you. Give me the G virus. And Annette ends up shooting her. She falls off the balcony and, you know, falls to her death. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Uh, Oh my gosh. I I had to like, look up. Oh gosh. Does, does Ada come back? Is she actually dead when that happened? (laughs) It's, I think it, it, it's one of the rail shooter game. I think, I think it's one of the rail shooter games uh, confirms that, Ada starts off her her infamous grappling hooks as they they retcon this to be the case. Mm-hmm. She grappling hooks to safety, fakes her death, uh, and continues working as a spy for Umbrella and Wesker personally and other people. Uh, but I, then shows up again. Resident Evil Four is the first time that Leon sees her, yeah. but he kind of hasn't has an idea that she's probably actually alive. Yeah, because of whatever happened at the end of it. Uh, like because in Leon B, she is so much more. I would not have assumed she would recover that because X picks her up and just yeah. like continues to beat her into the console. Oh no! And, yeah, and it's like oh, and like and it, which makes it so much weirder when she shows up later with like Leon here. It's like bitch, you alive? Like, <laughs> like Al, Al, did you go back into the room after she's like laying dead? You know, like oh, did oh she's you gone. her corpse at- yeah. Yeah. The very, very first time I did it that way, I went and I didn't loot her corpse because I was like really emotional and I left the room and I was like, oh shit, I have to go see her dead again. Because I was like, oh, so this is the non-canon one because Ada's dead for real. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went back in the room and it's like, oh no, body's gone. But she yep. left the item. Yep. She left the <laughs> item. <laughs> like, oh my God. It's like that's what's so so bizarre about it though because it's like i mean that she's so much more pronounceably dead in that one that it's hard to believe that she doesn't come that she's not coming back through nefarious ways like so many other characters but no um she's just fine like she survived quite happily getting her face jammed into a <laughs> into a into a console i um, love that um, like she she fake dies but then also leaves you a present yep yeah and, and it's I mean, such a even, great scene where, like, Leon's holding her in his arms, like, Ada! No! Ada! Ada! God, it's so much more overdramatic. And, like, I just imagine her, like, all right, buddy, come on, let's let's get it on. Let's get it over with. Okay. All yeah, right. she just goes limp and she's playing dead and she's like, good God, fucking chill out, you little simp. <laughs> Please uh, leave. <laughs> How long is he gonna hold me and cry? <laughs> There's a timer going off. Wesker called me a helicopter. I got to go. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. 
But she still like catches those feels and sends you a rocket launcher, so that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. She can't I, she can't leave that poor little simp behind. How's no, he gonna get out on his own? Yeah. I, I mean I mean, hopefully there's more that we'll find out about their relationship as time goes on. I, I like I know we've gotten some stuff in four because I I played through four way, way, way back in college. Turns don't, out don't none of me this, was a good time. None of this uh like added any more context to that situation. I assumed it would. It did not. <laughs> Uh, I can I can give you a fun little tidbit about Leon and Ada. Canonically, thanks to one of the CG movies that takes place around the time ish of five after four, uh-huh. um, Leon and Ada. It is it is inferred in the movie that Leon and Ada uh, boned outside <laughs> of the the game and video uh, movie canon, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then the director of that movie was like, "Yeah, no, they totally you know did it once." One. 20 years of chasing. Leon got it once. <laughs> once. But to be fair, is he chasing though? Or is he just kind of like, ah, eh, she comes into my life when she wants to. That's fine. But what the moment she comes into his life though, he's chasing. He tries to act cool about it, but I mean, he's chasing. He's back yeah. to that heartbroken 21-year-old boy. Yeah. I, I think that's oh. fair. Yeah. Like they've they've got a complicated relationship. Because uh, yeah. I... Like, I'm sure there's something there. I don't know what it is. I don't know how it works. Like, I am neither one of those characters, and I don't understand. Like, because <laughs> I can understand from Leon's perspective just kind of being like, she comes into my life when she wants to, and I'm like, that's fine. I understand that. I have people in my life like that. Absolutely. Yeah. But I don't understand, like, why you feel like... Does he feel like... Oh, no, he hits on Hunt- Huntington at the end of 4, doesn't he? Yeah, he Yeah, does. but it's it's like it's like playfully, jokingly... Yeah, yeah. Every like, other, every other I relationship I he has is kind of like, eh, yeah. And Claire is right there. Like, Claire is right there. Listen, I'm, I'm don't not... get me going. Don't get me going on Cleon, because that's one of those things. I, in my heart, Resi 2, I'm open to that. But from that point forward, Leon would be too toxic for her. That would not be good for her because of the direction he goes as a character, because of his connections to Ada, because of the way, like, the darkness he starts getting from being a government agent. He would be no good for her. Yeah, no. I love Cleon as a concept, but, like, canonically with the way his character goes, without spoiling anything for Falana. After two, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. In two, it kind of feels like it it could be a thing, but after that, it's just like, there's, Leon changes too much as a character, and you see why he changes too so much as a character, because while he's action one-lining his way as best as he can through the scenario, after the fact, that stuff's gonna weigh heavier on you than it is during the actual event. Um, yeah. and, and he constantly has to keep dealing with monsters over and over again. It's, and uh, constantly keeping it like buried down below. Yeah. 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 And like, yeah. so he becomes more and more Ada's type as time goes on too, as weird as that mm-hmm. sounds. Yeah. He I, becomes more and more detached as, as things go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just picture him like following Ada around with like cartoon hard eyes, you know? <laughs> yeah. See, and like in that even again, not to get into my, you know, Resident Evil is actually a, a really ridiculous rom-com. <laughs> he does. It's kind of like chasing Ada in a way kind of seems like its own kind of coping mechanism where it's like you can be chasing that like hopeful feeling that he had back in Raccoon City because as fucked up as it was, she was kind of like 
that was the hopefulness he had. Because yeah. he clearly, you see that he's he's lost that attachment and that hopefulness with Claire and even with Sherry. But he's still got it with Ada because he sees Ada like every time the world ends every few years. Yeah. And, and <laughs> she's the same character every single time. Like she is that mm-hmm. that single moment kind of captured in in Raccoon City. She is everything that he once was like as this person like because she's not changed she's and that's by design by her character like she's a detached emotion not emotionless but she's a detached person and as he's sort of becoming the same way it's very ironic that she's the only link back to what he used to have she he is not that to her in any capacity i don't at least i don't think even if she does like him or have a fondness for him and i would be very against the concept these two love each other in any capacity. I don't think they do, but no, I, think, I agree with that. Yeah, I think they are. It is not that type of gal. No, and exactly. I don't think Leon loves her like that. Like, I don't think even if, even if he caught her, again, he technically did because we say at, like out of game at one point they do form, they have a, a one night together. I don't think Leon searches for more than those single moments that he gets to have with her. I think that's all he really wants and all he can handle anyway. Yeah. And again, that's why like I would put myself in the category of, you know, an Aeon shipper as the kids call it, but it's because (laughs) of that. I like that complexity because of the stark contrast of what you would think. You would think a character like Leon, as you see him in two, and even as you kind of see him in four, would end up with a girl like Claire. But as this franchise continues, as the additional bits of media continue, you see very much so that, no, he is not. He, in those earlier stages, may have been the kind that ends up with Claire, but ends up becoming the kind of guy that, at best, gets those one nights with girls like Ada. Yep. And that's Man, I like... I didn't think we were going to go here, but like, so, so guys, <laughs> those are our opinions <laughs> on relationships in Resident <laughs> Evil franchise. Just thought we'd drop that science yes. for all of you kids out yeah. there. That's the a bonus yeah, Leave those comments below. Who do you ship yeah. in Resident Evil? Wesker Chris? Yeah. Wesker Chris, OTP. God, yep. that's an episode on its own. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, are you Wesker Chris or Wesker Piers? Leave it in the comments. <laughs> oh, anyway. <laughs> yes, bring the engagement. Or Chris Piers, but I mean, there are Wesker Piers shippers out there too. Oh, I just wow. realized I misspoke. <laughs> Either way. That's fair. But, um... I think I think like we we all enjoyed our time a lot with Resident Evil 2. Uh, as far as how it held up, uh, as a general statement from all of us, I really liked it. It's problematic with a lot of things of its time um, that did not age great. The controls not so well. Some of the boss fighting a little bit. There was a lot, maybe a little too much of the micromanaging of the uh, of the item box. There were a lot of times where I walked away, did something, had to come back, walk over to thing. That got aggravating. But again, I feel like these are things of its time. Uh, yeah, very much necessarily. So. Yeah. But yeah. overall, like, if you haven't experienced it, I'd say definitely. Um, there's a reason it is as well regarded as it is. I'd say, you know, hit it up when you can and when you get the chance. Um, to make is great, but there's something that's just all its own about the original. Yeah. And now I have a very important question for you, Al. So, Falana suggested Spyro from 1998. I took us through Resident Evil 2. 
what are you bringing to the table? Um, that's a very good question. Because, Ooh, you're out the hot seat. Yeah, because my favorite game came out in this year, and I'd really like to pitch it, but it's a long game. So we'll see. We're we're gonna we're gonna definitely talk about uh, whether or not we can handle a Zelda game in, uh, in this format or not, and uh, we'll we'll go from there. All right, all right. Because I can say I'm very open to the idea, but it definitely it does come down to time. Because Zelda games can be a bit long. They can be they can be very involved, and if you go down that rabbit hole, they can take a lot longer. Because like, oh man but I want to go explore this thing. Oh, that might take me a little bit longer, but I really want to check it out. And like, it's a yeah, oh man, it can take a while, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I will come back uh, in our next episode and I will have something to pitch, whether it's Ocarina of time or not. I will definitely have a formative uh, of my childhood game to pitch to all of you and then walk you through baby owl memories. Because that's what's that's when I go yeah. for my goal for this year of 1998. Um, until oh, then, yeah. until then, thank you guys so much for coming and like for being a part of the show. Yeah, of course. Thanks everybody for listening. This has been so much fun so far. Yeah, I've. Oh man, was this a hell of an experience? Uh, oh absolutely. yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Oh my god, yes. Uh, but like, and I hope uh, all I, you listening enjoyed it too. Yeah, I hope you like. It, hey, guys, maybe play along with us. Uh, like, you know, pause the <laughs> yeah. pause the podcast where we pause it. Go through the game and then come back. See how that plays out. Who knows? Maybe you'll come in with your own opinions about it. But until then, uh, we'll see you guys next time. And good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com. Like, you know, the things made out of polygons is what's really cool about it yeah. and i don't know that, that adds to the horror for me personally yeah so well guys i guess the t-virus got released so uh yeah well <laughs> All uh, right, let's... it was nice knowing you yeah anyway. <laughs> <laughs> any oh god oh yeah. i'm so sorry nah so it happens it happens yep